This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. That was a little ditty Kathy likes to call, I don't know. Yeah. The- You're welcome, guys. <laughs> That's our new intro I sing music. I to Shannon most of the time. <laughs> she does. Most people probably turned it on. <laughs> I think we have the wrong podcast. Right? Like, oh, the editor. She really needs to get her shit together because mm-hmm. she needs to edit Drop that, shit, that out. shit out. But no, I did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make that your uh, alarm clock to wake and wake up to in the morning. That could be the sound bite that I record that uses my, oh, okay, well, I could see that. Although I don't think I'd wake up. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention that on our website currently, I wanted to give a shout out to, there is a bigger public discord that I hang out on sometimes called OVR or overdue video review. And you are all like the general public is able to join that. And it's a pretty big server and there's some very nice people on there that watch a lot of horror movies, but also a lot of different kinds of movie, lots of different kinds of movies. And I've been watching with some of the peeps on there since like Joe Bob's last season. And I met most of them on either the Joe Bob discord or the shutter discord. And they have their own little home called overdue video review. And what you will see on our website is a re- um, what they did was is the guy who runs it is named Groucho. And he also has a couple of admins that help him out there. And he ran a poll on the server and got their top five films of the year and then wrote it up. And so on our website, on our blog, you can read about one, you can read about their discord and you can also read about their top five films and go check them out. There's an invitation there uh, to join that discord. If you'd like to do some watch alongs with them, they're all really funny, nice people just trying to have a good time. So if that's you go for it, plus check out the, our website at terratalkpodcast.com. And there's, that's where the little blog is where Groucho talks about his stuff. So nice people, really nice people. Uh, there's also, I'm doing a watch along of The Handmaid's Tale that I'm doing blogs on. And I'm also, I also started out, I think I did a movie review on the original Ring. So, Ooh. and they're short little bits and bobs with some pictures. Really easy to do. So go check it out. Anywho, next is a little segment we like to call Horror Facts with Carol. Thanks, yeah. Judy. I tried to add a little bridge there, a little mm. little ditty. I'm trying to amplify the song for you. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, which one do you want to do today, Shan? <laughs> Horror Facts with Kath? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the one we do on the Is show. That the one we do? Trivia. But I mean, I have multiple. Which one would you like to do? Pick, uh, pick, oh. Pick, pick a number, one to... Two. Oh, we get to go out of order. <laughs> One to two. I was going to say trivia with Shannon just, just on Patreon. <laughs> Sometimes I have to remind Kathy what, are, what we're recording. Right now, we're recording Shrink Chat. We've already recorded the Patreon oh, okay. trivia with okay, Shannon. Okay, shut up. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> this movie starts in the Mojave Desert in 1982. A man named William Nix, also calling himself the Puritan, has gathered a cult of disciples. Hmm. Number two. Thirteen years later, a private detective in New York City with interests in the occult takes a case where a fortune teller dies from multiple stab wounds. 
Anything yet? <laughs> she looks at me. Go ahead. Number three. Through this case, the detective is led into a series of murders involving magic. Number four. The famous, this is a famous quote from the film. Okay. I have so much power to give you, Swan. All you have to do is beg. And the last one, this is where you might get it. <laughs> I think so. One of Clive Barker's most successful cult classics. Oh, I want to say Magic, the movie Magic, but of course it's not. But all I can think about is the little doll and Magic, and now my brain is like... I'd actually, I'd be down to do an episode on this and, right. and maybe another one similar, but Lord of Illusions. Oh, wow. Did you ever see Lord of Illusions? I'm going to look it up right now. It sounds... It is a cult, oh, yeah. cult yeah, classic, yeah, yeah. and it's, I think it's a great movie. It's weird as hell. Well, we could do a buddy watch on it. Okay. I mean, if it's streaming, I don't know. I could check, but... I'm sure we can find it. Yeah. Like, it's 412 years old, so... 90s, I think. Oh, not that old. We've watched a lot of older shit than that. Yeah. yeah. 95. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I remember when it was in the theater. Uh, it doesn't look to be streaming anywhere free, but that doesn't mean anything. Okay. We can just rent it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Is there something so you're like with something similar? What would be similar to this gem? We could, we could even do magic. I mean, anything that is, is magic or cults or cult. magic or yeah. Okay. We could have a little culty good. I mean, we watch a lot of cult movies actually. At least I do. I'm going to talk about one in a few minutes, but all right, cool. I made a note. I'm the stenographer. You are. <laughs> That's a great pronunciation of that. I thought so. So I, I wanted you to know, because I, I, I got this news, uh, that there's an Amber Alert issued in Texas for um, the child's play Chucky Doll. So, Are you serious? Yeah. So <laughs> um, subscribers to the Texas Alert System received messages to be on the lookout for a kidnapper named Chucky and his son, Glenn. Oh, my God. No, seriously. They did. Oh. Chucky was described as being three feet tall and 16 pounds with red hair and wearing overalls. His age was listed as 28 years old. Glenn was described as being a five-year-old weighing six pounds, standing just over two feet tall. The alert came with a photo. And yes, there are photos of Glenn and Chucky. The actual photos of the dolls. Uh-huh. Wow. The <laughs> so this is our uh, version of what the hell. Uh, the Texas Alert System told uh, te television station KENS5 that, K-E-N-S-5, sorry, that the alert, quote-unquote, is a result of a test malfunction. We apologize for the confusion this may have caused and are diligently working to ensure this does not happen again. <laughs> For those of you not in on the joke, Chucky's the lead villain of the Child's Play franchise. <laughs> you know what I feel like we would hear this? Uh, I feel like we would hear this on when at the Halloween Horror Nights on the Backlot Tour. I feel like they would be telling this story as Chucky's out there somewhere. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, mm -hmm. totally. I, I absolutely agree. Um, the funny thing that when I read this, I related to it because people would think like, what? a test that's garbage but listen here's the thing i have um i found on the floor one year at sundance the ticketing department they do these like mock tickets or whatever and um they <laughs> sometimes 
people will do mock tickets of different processes, right? Or mock posters or different things. So what they did is they did, um, for the film festival, they did mock tickets and they were like Kurt Cobain and, you know, different rock bands and they put their picture on there and they made a Kurt Cobain badge for the festival. Um, just to test the like inkjet printer and the, and the process and the printing them out and the ordering them and stuff. And so there were all these little Kurt Cobain like festival passes that were obviously fake that's because cool. it's Kurt Cobain. So yeah. I have a feeling that's what they did yep. is they were just doing it. They were, they were actually doing a test. And unfortunately the Amber alert went out to the Texas alerts. So everybody in Texas got a text that that's there was hilarious. Missing Chucky. Is that amazing? That's amazing. Okay. Thank you. Wanted to share that with everyone made me happy uh you had a i think a news item as well that you wanted to share yeah i'm just going to change the tune here for just a second <laughs> yeah not um, so funny i, I actually think this was a big deal that forbes put this out okay because you know it's a it's a big magazine right um so they did an article you and i have, have over this past year almost a year since the pandemic really um started to stifle us over here and the U.S., you and I have talked a lot about, um, you know, mental health being at the front line of this and at times not really being recognized for being at the front line of it and how um, we've really had to learn how to self-care and compartmentalize because we are going to be dealing, we meaning any mental health clinicians or anyone in, in the mental health care arena, will not only be dealing with this for the next, you know, year while we gather herd immunity, but we are also going to be dealing with this for years out due to all the PTSD and other, you know, things that are happening due to the pandemic. We do know that there have been um, higher rates of suicide, sexual abuse. Um, uh, in some areas of the world, we're seeing young girls being forced to marry uh, much older men. So there's, there's a lot of really bad stuff happening, which means mental health has really been the container for a lot of this stuff. And um, this article is called, we need to talk about another pandemic, mental health crisis, therapist burnout. So, you know, everyone that I talk to in my life has said um, that this has been one of the many times where they have felt the need to go back to a therapist or start therapy for the first time. And um, we're seeing mental health crises go up. Therefore, our work is being, you know, we're being asked to really extend ourselves. And that is taking an impact or it's making an impact on our lives. So this article talks about how uh, there's various clinicians that say, you know, what they used to get as maybe one to three referrals to their practice a month, they're now getting about three a week and their caseloads have tripled because people um, were seeing, you know, increased rates of depression, suicide, abuse, all of it, domestic violence. So these are some of the greatest tragedies outside of, I, I know that it's it's very important to recognize that the pandemic is a serious thing and we've had to take precautions and people have certainly, many people have certainly died because of COVID, but people are also dying because of COVID and they didn't have COVID. <laughs> um, so we are, I think at a place, I know I can speak for myself. Um, I'm exhausted. Me too. I'm exhausted. And this is, I, I want to be clear here. 
this is not a, um, my patients are not responsible for this. Mm -mm. I'm, this is not a, oh, I wish people didn't complain or they didn't need me. Um, But I've had multiple feelings about being a mental health clinician during this pandemic. One is initially there was even some guilt around making a lot of money during the pandemic because my caseload went up tremendously and trying to not look at like, clearly I wasn't trying to capitalize on the pandemic, but some guilt around some people don't even have work and I'm complaining and I'm getting a lot of it. So there's, there are those feelings to hold, but then also just, um, the compassion fatigue and all of that stuff that has set in with clinicians and being able to really sit with that and go, am I allowed to feel that way? Certainly we are but it's conflicting because our work is to, to contain and to help people. And we're really holding a lot of people and holding a lot of space for people. And um, multiple therapists on this article talk about how they've had to step back and say, I need to spend some time with my family and take a break. And there's only so much we can do because we're in it too. And I know for, for myself, I can say that at a given, any given time outside of pandemic, I'll have a couple people on my caseload who are in crisis everyone is in crisis. And so this is a really good article that I think allows people to understand we are also very much at the front line of this work. And I think we've been swept under the rug a little bit. Yeah, I believe that mental health practitioners are the going to be and are suffering um, as collateral damage to Mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to become a topic of conversation. I mean, we've been talking about it the whole time because we're transparent here about our jobs and how we're dealing with different things and even more transparent actually in, in Patreon lately when we've been answering Q and A's for our patrons, they've been a lot about like, how are you getting by, you know, how to get by in COVID and that kind of thing. And we've been, you know, transparent about like, whoosh, this is rough, you know, because we are the collateral damage and that's going to be for years to come. And, Mm -hmm. I really, I have a lot of empathy for you and a lot of people talking about like the conflict and the ambivalence around, I need to make a living and this, I don't do this for free, but I'm making more money because of all of these referrals and all of this, but then you just get, get caught up in sort of moments of, should I feel guilty? No. Yeah. Should I, I, I do feel guilt. No, I shouldn't because I'm doing my work and I deserve, you know, like you're just yeah. doing that back and forth. And I, I think that's just really human. Like yeah. that's just, and I have a rational understanding of, like you said, this is my work and, and this yeah, is just what I happen to get into. And, and there's a surge and a need for it right now, but yeah, you know, um, but I mean, just like any trauma in our country yeah. as, as any world trauma that we've suffered and, you know, in our lifetimes, we've had a, a few. And, and so this one, for us working in this industry, it's just uh, like I could work 24 seven. All of my referral sources, my telehealth referral sources uh, are like begging me to take more people. And, and offering more money and offering this and offering that and, and sending me emails about like, you missed this many clients mm-hmm. this week, like all of the sort of like trying to lure you into killing yourself, which the first three months when we were at home, I, I did that. Mm-hmm. 
And I was, I did feel like I was working 24 yeah. seven. I mean, you have to refer out. That's what I, I can't take anybody else. And where but I've let it all. Yeah, yeah. I've had to really back off. And yeah. so then there's this other guilty piece, this other possibility for feeling guilt of like, I'm not doing enough. Mm. So that's the other side of it where it's like, I have reeled all the way back. I haven't taken new clients in several months because I burnt myself all the way out mm -hmm. and I'm still burned out for, but for other reasons, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I do have a full-time job and you know, whatever, but like I now, and then, so when I get those emails, when I get those texts, when I ha hear people like with referrals and stuff, I get this, like, I'm saying, no, I'm setting my boundaries with it. And then there's that feeling like, mm -hmm. Oh, I'm a jerk. I should, I should be sacrificing myself for the cause. And, and I know that rationally, yeah. like you said, rationally, yeah. no, because I would like to continue on in the profession after this, sure. this peak. And taking people just because there's a spot yeah. also doesn't mean it's good for that client. That's if right. you're burnt out and you can't thoughtfully assess the case and have the energy to really give to the client. It's unethical as far as I'm concerned. It's unethical as far as our profession is concerned. I mean, any, any governing body that, that looks at us says, you know, you, you as a therapist, just like you as a doctor or, a, you know, police officer, et cetera, you have the responsibility to be self-aware. Right. And I realize not everybody <laughs> takes that responsibility, but like you have the responsibility to be self self. I took a few days off last week because it's like, I need a minute. Yep. I, I, I need to take a moment because I feel myself getting impatient. And this wasn't with clients. This was actually in my, in my regular job where I supervise and work with staff. I felt myself getting impatient. I felt myself just sort of not having the frustration tolerance that I would like to have. And I just said, I'm going to take a day off. And they were like, great. I mean, we're all expected. My bosses are amazing. We're all, they just expect us to know and to tell them. And sure. I'm like, I need a day. Thank yeah. you. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, great. You know, see yep. you Wednesday or whatever. Um, but yeah. So uh, if that was, were you? That was it. I just wanted to bring some attention because we've been talking about it all year. And now we're starting to see yeah. major publishing, you know, magazines and stuff there's there's data now they're starting to be a comp which means they've <laughs> yeah. been they've been gathering it all along yeah. which is great so they're yeah. starting to hit a point where they have enough data to start to write about it which is the conversation is now starting to be in the culture which is awesome that's that's what that's what we need is we just need you know people to be aware <laughs> we need support yeah uh we did a buddy watch we did and the movie is called honeymoon and it is from 2014. It's an American horror film. Uh, it stars Rose Leslie and Harry Treadaway as a newly married couple whose honeymoon ends up being ruined by a series of strange events. And if that isn't an understatement, I don't know what is. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, originally world premiered at South by Southwest. So it was a festival film. And then it was released by Magnolia Pictures in 2014. So yeah, straight up horror movie also has sci-fi. Mm -hmm. I'd say sci-fi elements to it. My initial impression was that I liked it. Mm -hmm. I thought the atmosphere was extremely creepy, which is generally speaking my bias. I like a I like a creepy atmosphere. I like that. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, Me too. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I didn't hate it. I wasn't obsessed with it. I thought it was. No. 
thought it was pretty good. And we watched it because it's uh, Valentine's Day yeah. in a couple of days. This is going to air on the 12th or uh, uploaded first on the 12th. So it's about to be Valentine's Day. So this is a honeymoon movie <laughs> where things go very, very wrong. Very, very wrong. Yeah. Is I it, thought the performances it, were really good. Is it saying something that I can't remember how it ends? <laughs> Because why? Because it's like a Valentine's movie. No, or? no. I just, I mean that that I didn't think it was that great. Like I oh, just sure. can't remember how it ends. No, and we won't tell anybody no. because why do not? You, why do you? Uh, I do. Okay, I do remember. And I also feel like so much happens in two weeks, and it's been a very stressful two weeks. Oh I gosh. feel like I watched this a year ago. So I know there's and a it's part only of me been going. Okay, wait yeah. a minute. How does this end? Yeah, I mindfully wait. I watch the stuff that we're going to watch for the show, like the like the four or five days right before the show, because I've just learned that I can't hold it in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I can take notes. That would be smart. I take notes. I, I all of that. But like, <sighs> I just can't hold it in my head for that long. But um, it's pretty interesting because the bride in this movie played where rose leslie like she goes sleepwalking into the woods she's a they're they're out so if you like isolation horror mm-hmm. this is totally up your alley um she goes sleepwalking into the woods because they've gone to this secluded cabin for their honeymoon and when she returns from that sleepwalking in the woods she looks the same but she's not like there's something very different about her presentation and not like necessarily right at first, but you sort of, you I remember sort of, it now. Sorry. You remember the ending? Oh, I good. had to look it up, but I remember it now. She's not going to tell you the <laughs> ending that she remembers it. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it's a slow burn and then it builds and builds and then it gets dramatic and it's a horror film. So shit goes down. So we're not going to tell you what happens to her in the woods, but. Something yeah. bad, something bad, and then uh, she comes back a different person. And as you might imagine, her new husband is dysregulated. By yes, this. <laughs> yes. Um, I think it's pretty effective. I mean, I know it's an offbeat. It's, it's kind of a psychological thriller as well, um, and it's offbeat and such. But you know, if you're looking for a Valentine's movie that is not about love and kisses. I mean it starts that way they're on their honeymoon so they're very mm-hmm. much in love and then it, so i say it's a valentine's day movie i i can see that all right yeah <laughs> i can see that i mean if we're going to recommend some valentine's day stuff i mean it, it really is like love gone wrong for sure yeah. and she's a victim she is so she's whatever. A, she's a victim she's a victim great good what have you been watching um, I watched, I went back and watched Valentine from 2001. Ooh, tell us about with, that uh, one. David Boreanaz and Denise Richards, Marley Shelton, Jessica Capshaw. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you a little. Um, <laughs> it, it came out in the same, I think it was really falling on the heels of, uh, the Scream franchise. So it oh. tried to be something, mm. but didn't really deliver. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun to watch, but it's not, you know, the ending is one of those where you're like, wow, you you really um, kind of pulled that out of your ass. <laughs> you did, oh, I like to say you did not stick the ending. Yeah. Five women are stalked by an unknown assailant while preparing for Valentine's Day. So the movie starts back when they are in like middle school and they're at a dance and this little boy's getting laughed at and he won't be, nobody will dance with him. And all then the girls grow up and they're 
friends and you know, they're in yeah. their like college years and they're at a party. Well, they're all dating somebody. <laughs> so, you know, one of them is potentially the killer or maybe it's one of the girls. I won't tell you. Well, it's all, is it, is it also in that time period of like, I know what you did last summer and all of yeah, those it's like a few teenage... years. It's probably, it's probably like four or five years out, but yeah, it's, it's fall. It's falling on the, the heels 90s. of all of that. It's 2001. So oh. it's, it's coming right after that. Um, it's fun enough to watch. I mean, for like a Valentine's Day. Yeah, I mean, the urban legend movies, the I Know What You Did Last Summer, like all of those teen horror movies that came out, like Scream, Scream is the best of them, of course. So it's a franchise, yeah. in my opinion. I'm sorry. Well, and the villain in this wears the, wears the, the Cupid, like Cupid doll kind of mask, which mm. is creepy. Which, by the way, can I mention an aside real quick? No, Have we you- never do that. <laughs> Have you seen the burger king commercial uh-uh. with the 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 burger king is like they're throwing dollars around him okay. he's got the the mask on like okay. he, that should be a horror villain okay. that commercial terrifies me what this guy looks like it looks like something that they would use in a horror movie and that would be the villain mask really i mean i'm gonna pull this up while we're talking i'm gonna show you Burger King. All right. I, yeah. Another thing I don't know a lot about and the, is commercials. I get in a lot of trouble. I get a lot of shit for not knowing. Kathy's not giving me any shit. I'm not saying she is. I just, I get in a lot of shit for not knowing uh, commercials because I don't watch regular television. This commercial, here he is. I'll show you. Oh. <laughs> she's gonna show me terrifying. you can't you can't see tell me that's oh not i have seen i mean i've seen that i've seen him with memes actually he's terrifying now i know where it comes from yeah he's really goofy looking he looks like an oh yeah but in the commercial because he can like he's moving mm-hmm. and he has like n- but no expression and it looks like something that they would use Creepy every shit. time it comes up it terrifies me okay yeah. so it's not gonna make you go to burger king <laughs> You're going to say no to Burger King. I do King like the Impossible ad. Whopper. It's pretty damn good. But yeah. this, I mean, this guy just like. Yeah, no. It's just no. a hard no for you. No. And I think he should be used as a horror villain. Okay. That's Kathy's pitch to He's all played of basketball in like one of them, and he's always got the whole thing on. And it's just weird. I do believe I've seen that in like GIFs and memes. And now I'm going to have to go and watch the actual commercial on YouTube or something. I noticed in the movie Valentine, which is where we started, um, Denise Richards. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot that you and Catherine Heigl. Yep. So, I mean, okay. it's that time. David yeah. Boreanaz. Cheesy fun. Yep. All right. Cool. I, uh, I saw, <laughs> I had, I was talking about OVR, um, which is the overdue video review discord channel that is much bigger and public. So anyone can join. And I watched Rawhead Rex with them, which, oh my gosh, which really? dropped to shutter just recently. It's like one of the, if you're on shutter, it's like new on shutter. And there's like four or five movies every week or every day or whatever it is. And so Rawhead Rex is one of the ones that I watched with them because one of the great things about their server is they watch a lot of goofy shit too. Like not only do they watch like regular stuff, but they watch a lot of goofy crap. So, which is very enjoyable if you, if you've never done it to watch in a group watch, to watch really insanely goofy older movies is super fun. So a U.S. historian, David Dukes, takes his wife, Kelly Piper, and son to an Irish town where the oozing devil incarnate dwells. Sounds awesome. 
Uh, yeah, it's based on a Clive Barker. I remember when this came out, I think. Like the book or something? Just the, because I'm looking at the cover box of it right now, too, mm. which is a very dated term. <laughs> um, yes, it is, but it, Blockbuster. It, it looks very familiar. I remember, I remember the name of it, whether it was the book or the movie. Gotcha. So you're saying you you, pro, you remember the... It's ringing a bell, Shan. The movie. <laughs> it's ringing a bell. Thank you. I'm glad there are bells to be rung. Um, I, sorry, I am having to look something up really quick. So my, my voice was away from the speaker. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's a 1986 Irish fantasy horror film. Um, and apparently I was reading something about like Clive Barker was so unhappy with this that he hated the way it came out. I, it's fun. You're saying this, and I have like a vague. I remember this information. It too. was it was a short story, yeah. and he was very unhappy. And I can't really blame him because it's got this monstrous pagan god <laughs> in it. It's like rampaging the Irish countryside, and the dude. It's obviously a dude in a suit, and he's kind of spongy you know how rubber suits can be when you have to wear like big rubber gloves as a and then they show the hands and the and when the hands are grabbing it looks like a big rubbery hand and then he's got this massive grotesque face that looks pretty cool until it ambulates or gesticulates or whatever word you want to use it's got crazy red eyes that move around and it's got a big mouth like a werewolf mouth and the mouth doesn't close and the teeth don't really move you a lot in the bigger sequences but then when they do like the close-up practical effect it like moves and he roars and stuff it's so funny because when i watch these movies when i watch all movies these days i watch with the subtitles on um for lots of reasons one, because sometimes I want to turn down the sound with all the screaming. No. <laughs> with all the horror movies, all the screaming and stuff, I want to turn it down. And sometimes I'm doing something else while I'm watching the movie. So it's really helpful a lot of times, too, when you're watching older bad movies and the sound's not that great. And you're like, what did he just say? Whatever that garbled shit yeah. is that they just said in the 1972 whatever. And um, also... The fun thing I have uh, learned from doing this over the last um, COVID uh, year is that you get to see the really fun things that they type in. So during this movie um, on the Discord was hilarious because everybody was really enjoying it. It's a really fun group watch because it's so cheesy and bad and everybody's like making comments on the suits and all these people are just like the sharpest wits, like super funny things are being said. And I just kept thinking like, <laughs> every time the you would hear the like roar in the distance it would say raw head groans or raw head swooshes or whatever and it's just so fun to watch the little it's now it's my favorite thing is to look at how they describe sounds oh yeah in the in the subtitles it was making me laugh That's, a lot that is funny <laughs> um it was a fun movie so i would say for fun watch it but like even better you know join a discord join ovr or join your friends and because it's a super fun group watch cool i love it 
What else um, did you watch? I'm going to mention one other one. I watched a movie called The Bone Box. Oh, uh, let me look that up. Okay, go ahead. Um, it gets pretty bad ratings, and I can see, I, I can understand why people rated it poorly. It's independent. Not that that all, always means a low rating, but um, it does move a little bit slow. However, I thought some of it was clever. Uh, so the storyline is a depressed Depressed and reeling from the recent death of his wife, Tom has built up quite a gambling debt. He goes to stay with his wealthy Aunt Florence in hopes that she will write him into her will. When a nasty creditor makes it clear that Tom is out of time, he devises a plan with Elodie, the undertaker's daughter, to rob the graves of the rich townspeople buried in the cemetery across the road. After plundering the graves, Tom arrives back at Florence's house and events take a dark turn. Tom begins hearing and seeing strange things that seem to coincide with the deaths of the people he robbed. Even more disconcerting, he appears to be the only one sensing the occurrences. One question lingers, is Tom's conscience playing a trick on him or is he really being haunted by those he stole from? So if you watch it at surface value, yes, um, it's boring. Okay. If you take it as a metaphor to um, grief, mental illness, addiction, mm. um, I think it's really more about, you know, even like gambling addiction, the depths that people will go to pay their debts to avoid. So I think if you allow yourself to go there, then as you watch him unravel and become so dissociated and no longer being able to tell you know, reality from right. his distortion or, or whatever. Um, it's clever, but it does move slow. So I can understand, like, if you just watch it at face value, it's like, eh. Yeah, right. Like, you have to, like, it's not going to get that great a review and stuff. Right. Because it's not, like, a really fascinating, you know, like, it's not going to grip you. No. I think <laughs> I think it actually has much more of a mental health piece to it than anything. Yeah. Um, and if that's not, like, explicated in a dramatic way, like, no. dramatically effectively, then people are going to give up on it because... And and here's the other thing too, and there's the part there's a review that mentions this that I do believe this is very true. The film is kind of all over the place. There's flashbacks going on, the wife running through his mind, which is fine, but um, it it doesn't really pull you in in a way that you're like rooting for the guy. Right, 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 right. Okay, and yeah. it's yeah newer and everything. It's new, so we'll mm -hmm. see. Well, we give shit a try, right? We give shit a try. I also wanted to talk about, uh, also on Shudder, they dropped like a couple of weeks ago a bunch of Peter Cushing. Oh, wow. And I talked about The Beast Must Die um, either last week or the week before. I don't remember. And I also, now I have also watched, I think there's four or five movies on there with him in it. I also watched Asylum, which is oh, an anthology. That's an anthology, and I have to say that it took a bit to get through it. I was um, pretty bored in pieces, but the ending was a great payoff. So that's what I'll say about that. Um, there's basically four chunks, and it's I, I had chosen that one because it's set in a psychiatric hospital, and there's you know four different pieces of the anthology, but the last one pulls them all together there at the end, and there's like a really cheesy little 
robot thingy and Peter Cushing and they they stick the ending. Let's put it that okay. way. And then I also watched uh, The Flesh and the Fiends, which is 1960 with Peter Cushing. Now, if you want to pick a movie that is Peter Cushing-centric of the three movies I've watched so far, meaning Asylum, The Flesh and the Fiends, and The Beast Must Die, The Flesh and the Fiends is your go-to because he's the main character. So an Edinburgh surgeon, Dr. Robert Knox, requires cadavers for his research into the functioning of the human body. Local local ne'er-do-wells, Burke and Hare, who are the comic relief, I must tell you, they're like <laughs> the three stooges over there, find ways to provide him with the fresh specimens. So... Peter is the surgeon and then Burke and Hare do a lot of funny, but also violent things. And there's a femme fatale in it <laughs> who is, I happens to be a local, uh, loose lady, shall we say? <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's, uh, a Donald, Donald Pleasance is also in it. And he, I think he's the one that's like the young, doctor that's uh falls in love with the loose lady and that's a whole part of the story and i have to say this one was a lot of peter cushing a lot of um like horror grossness because obviously they're they're gonna kill some people and provide some bodies but for 1960 i really enjoyed this one it's i always like like when you, it's kind of a risk these days to go back that far because you know it's just it's it's not that the movies are bad. It was just it's a very different culture. It's so different culturally that it's hard to watch sometimes. Yeah, but this one. But you, when you're pleasantly surprised like yes. that, and you're like, wow, that was really worth it. Like like when we did our uh, giallo, yeah, episode. Mm -hmm. There was one that I watched that I really was entertained by. Yeah, but you have to get through so much slop. There, there are a couple that I was like, okay, this still kind of stands. It holds up. Absolutely. And there was, um, there was a few, uh, during, and it was not the girl with the crystal plumage. <laughs> no, there was a couple of older ones that I watched at, during October, during my October Palooza. Like kill baby kill. Uh, <laughs> no, that was not one of them, but what, is this horror or my, <laughs> is, is the torture in having to watch it? I'm not sure. There was a couple of Vincent prices. And so I'm making personal note to myself of the gems so that actually next Halloween or whenever I'm looking for some old school mm -hmm. feeling, um, I often like on a rainy day for yeah. whatever reason, like this is black and white, this flesh and the fiends. Well, I would, I would love to go back and watch the original house of wax. There you go. We should do that sometime. Um, on the discord, we could do it on the discord. We watch old, all older yeah. stuff all the time, okay. but like, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. It's enjoyable. <laughs> so I'm finding the gems that actually hold up. That's that's okay. the problem, right? Is yeah. that you've got to find stuff that... You have to weed through it. You do. And so I have been doing that through this year and through our podcast experience. I've been finding some real gems, which makes me super happy. Right now I'm in, uh, as we're recording, I'm in the, I'm in, I'm still in the thick of, uh, Sundance, which is very fun and very tiring where I work shifts and then I watch movies at night. And so I'm going to hold off until the next episodes that we record will be like during the middle of February. And at that point, I think enough press will have happened over Sundance, et cetera. And I'll talk about 
some stuff because I am trying to watch the horror movies and there's a Nick Cage premiere uh, that I'm going to see. And, you know, you guys know my feeling about Nick Cage or maybe you don't um, cover him in blood and make him mad. Yeah. That's pretty much my formula for Nick Cage. Cover him in as much blood as possible and let Cage rage. I love it. That. Uh, that's my formula like for Nick Cage. So color out of space and, you know, all the good raging blood movies with Nick. So I'm hoping that the, the one of the pictures for this movie, um, which I think is called the, yeah, it's called the prisoners of Ghostland, I believe. And, uh, yeah, he's got blood all over him. So I'm hopeful. <laughs> Just look at me like I'm fucking nuts. No, what I was thinking was the one exception to that rule is raising Arizona. Oh no, I, I he I okay so I'm trying to watch some uh, Nick Cage uh, actually ice uh, on our server got me started because he was he did a he did a Nick Cage uh, marathon on OVR again I'm talking about OVR today so uh, he did a, a a Nick Cage marathon on there and so I was able to watch a few but not very many because I fell asleep of course but that started me thinking like I need to watch more Nick Cage movies so I looked at he's done a bazillion movies so I went all the way around to my servers and all my services that I um, subscribe to mm-hmm. Prime etc and I added all the Nick Cage movies I could find and there's just and I haven't even scratched the surface I haven't even watched most of them but I haven't yeah. even scratched the surface in like making a list to watch I gotcha <sighs> did you get all that out she saw me get excited. She gets yeah. excited all the time. I do. I, I, do. That's, I don't judge. I was just asking. <laughs> she just sat back and looked at me like, you done? You done now? I am done, I think. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. You going to get some chocolate or something for yourself? Uh, I do like chocolate. I'm going to maybe get some chocolate for myself because, you know, all the deals. Yep. That's usually Good. what happens at Valentine's Day as I try to get some kind of chocolate with caramel inside what's your i like the dark chocolate with sea salt <gasps> so good i i add caramel inside well, to that that, that oh, too. Yeah. oh sorry I, either yeah. or that's exactly yeah. what i get there's a, i can't remember the company whole foods has it but it's a dark chocolate with caramel sea, sea salt that's exactly what i get I mean, that's they have it everywhere now yeah like there's one brand though there that i really love i can't cool. think of it but it's all good yeah there's a C's candy near my new workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, my workplace moved buildings and now we're near all the food. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. But I like, I haven't been in C's candy in mm. a millennium, but I feel like Valentine's day is the deal. Awesome. I mean, you know, just for fun. Yeah. All right, cool. Happy Valentine's day, everybody. Happy Valentine's we, day. we very much appreciate you. This has been an episode of shrink chat. My name is Shannon and I'm Kathy sleep safe. Everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.